Welcome back. You're listening to podcast number 12. If you've been following me on social media, you'd know my vacation was excellent. For those who don't know, I took myself back to the 1700s for three days. I spent one day at George Washington's Mount Vernon, one day at Colonial Williamsburg, and my last day was spent at Yorktown where General Cornwallis surrendered to us in 1781. It was a pleasure to see these places in person, two I had never been to before. I had a lovely friend who also doubled as my tour guide who just so happens to run a touring company called Victory Walking Tours if you'd like to check her out. But now, on to the podcast. Halloween is quickly approaching, so I think it's the perfect episode to discuss colonial and founding father ghost stories. I've had my fair share of ghost stories in the past. I once captured a see-through soldier in a photo taken on my first trip to Mount Vernon back in 2017. He was standing right outside of what would be the door to Georgia's study. In Williamsburg, I caught a face outside of the Randolph house. My flash refused to work correctly, or sometimes not even at all. But if I walked away, took a picture of my hand, myself, or the ground, it seemed to work fine. Also, while taking a tour of the Peyton Randolph house, I felt a finger push down onto my right shoulder, and I also began to feel sick, and then suddenly got better. I wasn't feeling sick prior or after the tour. It should also be noted it only happened in the one room. All very interesting. Also, some occurrences happened at my friend's place while I was there that I don't think happened before I arrived. Let's begin our ghost story adventure. In the late 19th century, it is said Benjamin Franklin's spirit can be seen walking near the library of the American Philosophical Society in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Also, some have said Ben's statue in the front comes to life and dances in the streets. <laughs> I don't know about that last one. In New York, people have seen none other than our very own Aaron Burr. For those unfamiliar with this man, he was vice president under Thomas Jefferson and is highly known for killing Alexander Hamilton in the 1804 duel. Dueling is also dumb, this should be noted. Burr's ghost has been seen roaming the streets of the neighborhood he once lived in. His activity is usually on one restaurant in particular, named One If By Land, Two If By Sea, which is located in a Barrow Street building that at one time was Aaron Burr's carriage house. In 1806, Josiah Quincy III, while serving in Congress, visited Mount Vernon to meet George Washington's nephew, Bushrod Washington. His intent was also to stay as a guest. Bushrod had Quincy stay in the Washington's bedchamber, the one George Washington had obviously died in. Apparently, Bushrod had explained how some guests had been able to see George in his room. Upon hearing this news, Quincy thought that the possibility that he might be found worthy enough to behold the glorified spirit of George, who was so revered by his countrymen, was enough to make him stay. He claims he indeed was able to see George Washington in the room that night, 
although his son, who wrote this account, wouldn't say any more. It is, however, known that Quincy was allowed to visit his tomb, and upon seeing it in bad condition, believe that was why George was not at rest. John Adams' wife, the lovely Abigail Adams, has been seen at the White House wearing a cap and lace shawl holding a laundry basket. James Monroe's body was moved to the Hollywood Cemetery in Richmond, Virginia. He's been seen there around his gravestone rubbing his shoulder, which is where he was hit by a musket ball during the Revolutionary War. Poor Patrick Henry's wife has a rather sad story. After the birth of their sixth child, she had severe postpartum depression she was never able to get rid of. Not liking the hospital conditions, Patrick refused to put her in there and moved her to Scotchtown. Determined to harm herself, she was moved to the basement and locked in two rooms. In 1775, she finally passed away. Her grave to which she was buried was unmarked, a tradition that was done for mentally ill patients back in the day. People claim they can still hear her screams coming from the basement, and items have also reported being moved. Also, people have seen a woman wearing a long white dress coming from the basement, and candles have been seen lit at night when the home is empty. Jamie Madison's wife, Dolly Madison, has been seen a lot in the White House gardens, checking on her beloved roses. It's said that if you mess with them, she gets mad. Garden workers who have seen her apparition have said that they have seen her very angry, so much so, workers have quit and never returned. Thomas Jefferson, of course, loved, and I believe still loves, Monticello, his beautiful home. So it's no surprise he's been spotted there by tourists. They've also heard him whistling tunes just like he used to do. And in the White House, it's said he can be heard playing his violin in the Oval Room. That sounds like a fun party to me. George Washington reported in 1890 from the New York World newspaper. This historic chamber is haunted. Of that, there would seem to be little doubt. Many people within recent years have slept in it, and they declare that they were awed by the viewless presence of the nation's first president. They deny it's based on imagination. Few of these temporary occupants have been able to get any sleep they all agree Washington visits his chamber in the still watches of the night. Mrs. William Beale and her friend were permitted to spend the night at Mount Vernon and to occupy George's bedchamber. In the middle of the night, they were awakened by the sputtering of their candle. After arguing which side of the bed they were sleeping on that George had died on, they decided no more sleep. They got dressed and sat around until morning scared of every squeak of the windows, and at one moment, we're sure they'd heard Washington's sword clink distinctly in a corner. Would you spend the night at Mount Vernon? And more specifically, in George and Martha's bedchamber? I think I would. In the 1980s, a worker at Mount Vernon while stationed in the Central Passage 
saw the figure of an unidentified woman dressed in 18th century attire on the stairs. They were carrying a large punch bowl filled with a flower arrangement. Upon reaching the bottom of the staircase, she disappeared. Also in the central passage, during the 1980s, an interpreter thought she heard someone in the room behind her. She thought a visitor had gotten into the area by going under the rope barriers, so she entered the little parlor to shoo them out. Surprised, she found a gentleman with a large mustache and dressed in late 19th century to early 20th century clothing. He shouted at her, What the hell is going on here? In reference to the noise of the school groups. She answered she was trying to quiet them down, and he disappeared. Later on, she'd seen a portrait of a gentleman that looked just like him, Colonial Harrison Howell Dodge. He was a Mount Vernon director for 50 years until his death in the late 1930s. An interpreter again in the 1980s was standing in the central passage when she felt something brush past her coming out of the little parlor. Looking down, all she could see were the feet and bottoms of the skirts of a young girl in an 18th century dress running across the Central Passage. Could it be Martha Washington's daughter, Patsy? Happening quite frequently, a head guard would hear an alarm go off in the stable, and about the time it would take to saddle and put up a horse and walk from the stable to the mansion, an alarm would go off in George Washington's bedchamber. Of course, the guard never found anything. The man's explanation was that the general was coming home, made his horse comfortable, and then went up to his room. Sounds like George to me. How exciting is that story? In 2012, a member of Mount Vernon's security took place during one of the candlelight tours. The event had taken place on George Washington's death at around 10.30 p.m. After the home was cleared, he locked himself in. He was responsible for checking the alarms. When he was in the mansion study, he heard a heavy set of keys being walked across the floor in the Washington's bedroom, which was directly above. As he approached the back stairs, which led to the bedroom, the sound of the keys abruptly stopped. George is well known for his heavy set of keys and that they could be heard as he walked through the house. Tobias Lear, George's secretary, is known to have taken the keys from George's pocket upon his death and then turned over to his enslaved manservant, Christopher Shields. I myself have had an odd feeling every single time I visit the Washington's bedchamber. It's a place of sadness and one you can definitely feel. This has been fun sharing these stories with you. Whether you believe or not, I hope you have a fun, safe, and happy Halloween. And who knows, maybe a favorite founding father of yours might just make an appearance. Catch you next week on another episode of The Founding Female.